This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run a whole lot of education programs for communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run sexual health clinics in the city and Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne and I'm part of the FPV schools and community team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction and relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so that we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Today I will be asking FPV Dr. Lona about contraception. This is something we get asked to cover quite frequently in secondary schools. Year levels vary depending on the schools. We want young people to make informed choices about their sexual health and be safe in their bodies, hearts and minds. We would explain contraception to students as anything a person does to prevent a sperm and an egg joining so a pregnancy can't start. Penis and vagina sex is the type of sex that might result in sperm and egg joining. It's part of a conversation about safer sex, wanting them to be safe from unintended pregnancy. In class, we would talk through the different methods of contraception and how they work. We would also talk about how a young person could get themselves to a doctor for any prescription contraception. Have a listen to this episode with FPV nurse educator Sam Reed for more information about how young people can get themselves to a doctor. Today I'm going to ask Dr. Lona about what is available in terms of contraception, how the different methods work, how effective they are, and some common questions that we get from young people about them. Just a note before we start, many people believe discussions around contraception are for heterosexual women only. However, we know that contraception is a shared responsibility between sexual partners. Many contraception choices are for women, but the impact of unprotected sex affects both partners. Young men also need to be aware of contraceptive options so they're able to support their sexual partners. We also know that young women who identify as same-sex attracted sometimes experiment with their sexual experiences and this sometimes results in unintended pregnancy. Anyone who may engage in sperm and egg sex should consider contraceptive choices available to prevent pregnancy. Just a note before we start, we are recording in a time of pandemic restrictions, so that means social distancing. Uh, this was recorded remotely. The sound is a bit patchy in parts, but it's really worth sticking with. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Lona, for talking to me about contraception. What I want to start with is talking about condoms. So I've already published an episode all about condoms and this is something young people should know about. So have a listen to that one. And we would recommend that people use condoms regardless of any other contraception being used. But what do young people really need to know about condoms? Well, condoms uh, can be used as a sole form of contraception for young people because they've um, typically got quite a high rate of fertility. We suggest using another method as well. But condoms are really good to reduce the risk of getting an STI or sexually transmissible infection. The effectiveness on condoms depends on whether people are using them all of the time or some of the time, whether they're using them right from the beginning of any penis to vagina contact or whether they're putting it on halfway through 
or whether there have been any slippages or breakages. So there's quite a bit of variability there. There was a survey done um, called the National Survey of Australian Secondary Students in Sexual Health in 2018. And in that survey, they found 47% of year 10 to 12 students taking the survey had engaged in sexual intercourse. And of sexually active respondents, 62% often or always used a condom. So certainly um, that could be improved. Hmm. Uh, generally, when we look at contraceptives, they've got two different rates of how effective they are. There's a rate for if the method is used perfectly and then a rate for typical use, which is often lower because people sometimes don't use the methods properly all the time and condoms are, are pretty classic for that. Some are also worried about the, getting the correct size of condoms. Generally, most penises when erect are a similar size. Sometimes due to allergies, people might want to look at condoms made of various materials and there are different types of condoms that can be ordered online if there are any issues with allergies. Uh, there are also internal and external condoms. Um, so some people call them male or female condoms. Most people are aware of the, the male or the um, external condom, but the internal condom has a ring that sits on the outside of the vagina and a soft tube that sits inside the vagina. So some people might prefer that. We're hearing more conversation about people using apps as some form of rhythm method contraception. Is this a successful method? With the um, rhythm method or fertility awareness methods, um, that relies on working out when ovulation is going to occur and avoiding sex or being very careful with condoms around that time. Most apps that are available are based on the old rhythm method, which is not very effective. Uh, methods that involve looking for symptoms of ovulation, which includes checking temperature every morning when you wake up and um, the consistency of the mucus coming from the vagina, that's more effective, but it is hard to stick to the rules every single time. For example, when checking temperature in the morning, it needs to be done at the same time. So if someone's slept in or if they're working versus not working, that might affect when they're waking up and when they're affecting their temperature. The effectiveness of these methods is around 76%, which is lower than most other methods. And for these methods to be effective, both the person and their partner or partners need to be willing to not have sex or use condoms the days when the person's more fertile. And it's also important to know that while some people are using apps, there aren't any apps that have actually been approved for contraceptive use in Australia. Sometimes people are using apps that um, uh, for helping people fall pregnant to try and prevent pregnancy. So that can be a little misleading as well. And the apps sort of indicate a fertile window, but they're just having a guess at those, those windows. The apps don't really know uh, individual cycles. That's correct. And even for the person who has the most regular cycle, sometimes there might be a change in their exercise or stress level or uh, sleeping routine, and that can actually affect their cycle. And they won't know until their next period starts if, if it's a different cycle or not. And that's where the method can fall down sometimes. What should we tell young people about the withdrawal method? Okay, so the withdrawal method is when um, the penis is pulled out before ejaculation. The issue with the withdrawal method is that um, often there's some pre-ejaculate or pre-cum before the actual ejaculate or, or final cum occurs. So that there can be a risk of pregnancy even if it's done where the withdrawal occurs before the actual ejaculate. So it's not very effective compared to other contraceptive methods and especially in young people who have a high level of baseline fertility, um, unplanned pregnancies can occur. And the other thing is that it doesn't protect against STIs. Right. So high baseline of fertility, what, do, what does that mean? 
So younger people are more fertile. Um, basically, when you're in your teens and 20s, you're more fertile than when you're in your 30s and 40s. So it's even more important for young people to use a highly reliable form of contraception uh, unless they're okay with the fact that they might fall pregnant. Right, okay. So if they're, if they're planning a pregnancy or, or wanting to start a family, yep. Yeah, okay. Okay, so getting on to the types of contraception that we do talk about in classes, what is LARC? What does that stand for and how does LARC work? So LARC stands for long-acting reversible contraception. There are different types of LARC available. Uh, there's a hormonal rod that goes in the arm, um, the upper inner arm under local anaesthetic. And there's also the IUD, which stands for intrauterine device. That's a T-shaped device that's inserted into the womb via the vagina by a specially trained doctor or nurse for a small procedure. These are also known as fit and forget methods because they're inserted and they can work um, as a contraceptive for years. So the rod that goes in the arm can work for up to three years and there are different types of IUDs. They can last for five or 10 years. They're over 99% effective. So they're the most, ev most effective reversible contraceptive options. The hormone rod works by stopping the release of the egg and by forming a mucus plug in the neck of the womb so the sperm can't get in. With the IUDs, there are two types. There's a hormonal IUD and a copper IUD. And they stop the sperm and egg from meeting and they also change the lining of the womb. So pregnancy is less likely to occur. They're a really good option because once they're put in, they remain effective for a long time. And uh, it doesn't rely on remembering a daily routine like a daily pill, which for some people can be really hard to remember. Mm. Uh, one of the main things to, to keep in mind, though, is that they can cause a change to the bleeding pattern. So depending on the person and depending on what their desires are for a bleeding pattern, they might choose a different type of lark. And sometimes there's a bit of a period where they need to wait three to six months for bleeding patterns to settle down before they'll know what their bleeding pattern is going to be like long term on the lark that they've chosen. And it could be different for different people, the reactions? That's absolutely right. And it's really hard to know beforehand what their reaction might be. So sometimes it's a matter of trying it. And then if it doesn't work out, they can change to a different form of lark. The other, the other thing to keep in mind is that some people believe that IUDs can only be used for people who've had children. That's not true. We put IUDs in planning Victoria quite regularly in the past and it works really well. And the pill is probably something that most grown-ups are familiar with and maybe have had experience with. How does a pill work? And does a lot of young people are worried about things like mood swings or the pill making them fat or maybe um, the pill being used for acne or things like that? So can you tell me more about the pill? Yep, so the concerns about mood swings and weight gain are very common concerns that we chat to people about all the time. So the pill works by stopping the release of an egg each month uh, and also causes a plug of mucus in the neck of the womb to prevent sperm from entering the womb. There are lots of different types of pills and some can suit some people and some can suit other people. So it, I would suggest if a person has tried the pill and they think that they've had a side effect that doesn't suit them, it's worth having a chat to their health professional about other options because there are different types of pills that can have different side effects. The contraceptive pill can change the mood for some people. Sometimes these mood changes can settle down with time though. So sometimes it is worth persevering for at least a few months to see if it improves as long as it's not too bad. Um, most pills actually improve acne. Some are advertised as being better for acne, but generally most pills haven't been compared to each other. They've only been compared to placebo, which is a non-active pill. So most pills do improve acne. 
There's actually um, no evidence that the pill causes weight gain, surprisingly. Some people, a lot of people say that they feel like they've had an increased appetite or fluid retention makes them feel like they've gained weight. But basically, if a person's got a side effect on a particular pill that they don't like, they can talk to their doctor or health professional and think about trying a different type of pill or another type of contraception like a lark. The main thing for the pill is that for it to be effective, it has to be taken at the same time each day. Sometimes there are some medications that can make it less effective. Uh, and if someone's got a vomiting diarrhea, it can make it let the person think about their own health uh, and any other medications they might be on and have a chat to their doctor about whether they feel they can remember to take it properly as well. Hello, Anne here, just popping into your ears for a second. Uh, Lona just said that the pill doesn't work so well if the woman has vomiting, diarrhea, or if it's interfering with some other sort of medication she's taking. It wasn't quite clear from the audio, so I thought I'd better jump in and say that. So at the moment, particularly we're recording in a time of social distancing and remote uh, learning include and including uh, remote health appointments as well. Uh, can people get yeah. access to LARC and contraception via a tele-appointment? Yeah, so depending on which clinic they're attending or getting in contact with, some clinics are doing telehealth consultations for the initial appointment, which is taking the history um, and having a chat to the person about what their options are for contraception. There are definitely clinics that are still offering LARC, especially um, to people who may not find other methods suitable. Family Planning Victoria is still offering LARC insertions for those that, that need it. But certainly if people are wanting to maintain that social distancing and have another option available to them, they can be provided with a script for uh, the pill and um, that can be filled at a chemist as usual. Uh, what's the most common sort of contraception? So interestingly, the most recent stats for that were collected in 2013. The pill was used by about 33% of people in that study and condoms by about 30% and LARC was used by about 11%. We know that LARC are becoming more and more popular as they're very effective and they last for years, but pills and condoms are still very commonly used. So all of those methods are very popular methods at the moment. Does anyone use diaphragms anymore? I know grown-ups might have had some experience with diaphragms uh, in previous years. Is that still something that's used? Yeah, so you can still get diaphragms. Generally, these days, you need to order them online. Uh, they're little caps that sit over the cervix to try and stop the sperm from entering the womb, the cervix being the neck of the womb. They're definitely less effective than condoms. And the other thing is they don't protect against infections. So they are available, but generally, we'd probably reserve them for people who, for whatever reason, can't use other forms of contraceptive or don't want to use other forms of contraceptive. And what are some other sorts of contraception that are a bit less used? So there's actually a vaginal ring um, that has the same hormones in it that the pill does. It's a soft silicon ring um, that people put in their vagina for three weeks. They squeeze it to insert it. And then when they release it, it turns back into a ring shape inside the vagina. If it's in the correct position, just like when a tampon's in the correct position, it can't be felt by the person who's using it. That's left in the vagina for three weeks. Um, and then it's taken out and thrown away. And then seven days later, a new ring is inserted. That's similar to the pill, but because it's working where it needs to be, uh, it tends to have less side effects as the hormone dose is lower, but it is a little bit more expensive. Some people have a contraceptive injection called Depo every 12 weeks. 
that can be injected by a nurse or a doctor into the shoulder or into the um, buttocks muscle. It works well for some people, but the main issue with that is that some people have troublesome bleeding on it. And if they do, they're kind of stuck with that side effect for three months because it's not like the rod that we can take out or the, the IUD that we can take out. Once they've had the injection, they've got it in their system for three months. The other thing is to keep in mind with it, if it's used for long-term, it can also lower bone density. So we usually reserve that for people who don't find other contraceptives suitable. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also the mini pill, which only has one hormone. Most people, when they're talking about the pill, are talking about the combined pill, which has two hormones, estrogen and progestogen in it. But the mini pill just has progestogen. So sometimes people will use the mini pill if they're breastfeeding or another method doesn't suit them. It has to be taken at the same time every day, just like the combined pill, but it isn't as effective at preventing pregnancy as the combined pill, especially, as I said before, for young people because of their higher background fertility rates than older people. And most of those things require going to a doctor and getting the prescription and, and talking through the potential side effects. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, how much would and contraception cost if someone was going to a doctor and getting a prescription for one of those things? So it can vary a little bit depending on what method's being used and also whether a person has a Medicare card. So if they're an OCs trained student, the cost might be a little bit different. And also if they've got a healthcare card. So with a healthcare card, some pills can be as cheap as $7 for four months or others can be up to about $80 for three months. So it's quite a variety of costs depending on what pill is being used. Mm. Without a healthcare card, the cost can be around $38 for four months for a basic pill. So it's about $12 a month. Although at some pharmacies that can be as low as $10, even for people who don't have a healthcare card. The contraceptive rod can cost from $7 for healthcare card holders to $38 for people without a healthcare card. And depending on the clinic inserting the rod, there might also be uh, an insertion fee for the procedure. The hormonal IUD can cost from $7 for healthcare card holders to around $38. But once again, the cost of the insertion procedure can vary depending on the clinic. Copper IEDs um, aren't on the PBS. They tend to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, they can cost from about $70 to $110 at a pharmacy. And there's the cost of the insertion on top of the, that as well. Generally, though, if you average out yeah. the cost of the LARCs, which is the ROD and the IEDs, the overall cost usually ends up being cheaper than another method like the pill, which is a monthly cost. And can young people go and get contraception without their grown-ups knowing? Absolutely. If a person makes an appointment at a clinic and they don't know their Medicare card, the clinic can actually phone Medicare directly to find out the Medicare number. If the health professional that they're seeing believes that they can understand the benefits and disadvantages of a contraceptive method, as well as the risks of not using contraception, then the health professional can provide access to contraception by supplying the script to take to the chemist or doing the procedure for the insertion of a lark, if that's what they want. Mm -hmm. Whether the health professional is happy to prescribe will include consideration of their age and maturity, as well as an assessment of any of their risk of harm. And generally, they will encourage the young person to discuss this with their parent guardian or another trusted adult. It doesn't have to be their parent or guardian. For many young people, it actually can be helpful to discuss things with a grown-up or have a grown-up that they can chat to in case they get side effects or concerns that they just want to have a talk about. But they can also see their GP or go to family planning or sexual health clinic if they've got any questions or concerns. And they can make an appointment to see these people without having to tell a grown-up. So while we do encourage them to involve a grown-up, for um, advice and backup. They don't have to if they've been assessed as being a mature minor. That's definitely a question we get asked quite a bit by 
younger girls, especially in upper secondary school, are just really concerned about privacy as well. Absolutely. And that's really important because if we think that if they're worried that what they're doing is not going to be private, then they might not get contraception. That's actually a risk for unwanted pregnancy. So we want them to feel safe in looking for um, health care and knowing they can speak to a trusted person. We talk about confidentiality when they come in for their appointments as well. What does someone do if they think their contraception hasn't worked? So the best thing to do if they think their contraception hasn't worked is to talk to a healthcare professional as soon as they can. There are different options available for what we call emergency contraception, and they're all fairly time important. So the sooner they're used, the better they work. There are two types of emergency pills. They're sometimes called the morning after pill, but that's a little bit confusing because they can actually be effective for up to five days after um, unprotected sex, even though they're called the morning after pill. Both types can be brought from a pharmacy without a script. The second one is called Ella one and that's more effective at preventing pregnancy, but it's more expensive at around $40. The, the basic one can cost closer to $10 to $15. Copper IEDs can also be used as emergency contraception. A lot of people aren't aware of that. They require a trained health professional to insert them and that has to be done within five days of the unprotected sex. And sometimes it can be hard to access in time in terms mm -hmm. of finding a trained professional who does the procedure. They can um, be very effective. But because of the difficulty with access, sometimes the emergency contraceptive pill may be an easier option. The other thing to consider is if someone's had unprotected sex or if the condom's broken or torn or come off early, it's also important to think about having STI testing. So that's another reason to go and talk to a health professional. When I spoke to Kate Bourne at VARTA, the Assisted Reproductive Technology Association, she mentioned that young people get a lot of information about contraception but they should also be learning a bit about fertility. So what do young people need to know about their fertility into the future? Well, generally, um, fertility returns almost immediately when LARCA removed, also soon after stopping the pill. I think there's a, a large concern in young people sometimes that depending on what their contraceptive method is, that it might affect their fertility into the future. Mm. Generally, fertility will return to baseline fertility after a contraceptive method is, is stopped. So that's a good thing. Condoms are always important to reduce the risk of STIs because some STIs, if left untreated, can affect fertility and sometimes people can have an infection and not have any symptoms. So whenever changing partners or considering not using condoms with a partner, it's definitely good to, to see a health professional and get an STI check because that could affect future fertility. Excellent. Thank you so much for talking me through all that information. There's a, there's a lot of options uh, and it's really great for young people to know all these options as well. So thanks for talking me through everything. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Lona. Bye. Thanks again to Dr. Lona for recording with me today and talking me through contraception, which is such an important part of uh, young people's understanding about sexual health. There was a few key things which stood out for me in this discussion. Young people have a high baseline fertility, so contraception is extra important. Condoms have to be used correctly to have good efficacy. LARC, or long-acting reversible contraception, is fit and forget, and because of this, it's more than 99% effective. A clinic can find out a Medicare card number for a young person if they don't have them. Contraception is considered an essential service, so clinics are running and contraception can be organised, even at a time of pandemic crisis, such as the one we're working in at time of recording. There are a few resources to mention. 
Uh, we have information on the Family Planning Victoria website about contraception. Also, 1-800-MY-OPTIONS is a Victorian service which compiles information about sexual health choices and service providers. Jean Hales for Women's Health also has great information about contraception. For interest, the Museum of Contraception and Abortion located in Vienna provides some historical context to, to the things women have tried over the centuries to prevent pregnancy. They have a great website. Thanks for listening. For more information about Family Planning Victoria, go to fpv.org.au. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Please contact me directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. I'd love to hear more ideas for upcoming episodes or what you thought of the podcast. Please subscribe, like it if you like it. Uh, thanks so much for listening.